You're listening to Pastor Ryan Couch at Calvary Chapel of Crook County as he teaches through the book of 1 Samuel. If you have your Bibles with you, let's join Pastor Ryan now. I think all of us desire to hear the voice of God. I don't think any of us would say that we don't care to hear from God or that we're not interested in hearing from God. I think all of us want so desperately to hear the voice of God. And it isn't that God isn't speaking. It's that we're not listening. It it isn't that God's voice isn't powerful. It's just that we're not tuning in. And even as we sit here tonight, there's, there's all kinds of information. There are all kinds of radio waves that are flowing through this room. And if you had the right equipment, you could tune into those. There's wireless internet. There's radio waves. There, there's TV signal all going through. And if you had the right equipment, you could tune into that. And the same is true with, with God's voice. It, it's not that it isn't there. It isn't that he, he isn't speaking. It's just a, a question of whether we're listening, whether we're tuning in. And, and we see that clearly in our text tonight. And you remember how we got to this point is that Hannah was barren. And she pled, she pleaded with God that she would have a child. And the Lord answered her prayer and, and the commitment that she made was that if he would bless her with a son, she would offer him to the service of the Lord. She would give him to the temple so that he would be used the rest of his life. And that's exactly what she did. She offered Samuel, her only son, her firstborn, after all these years of, of barrenness, she offered him to the Lord and then the Lord blessed her with, with more children. And we've looked at that. But now Samuel is in the care of Eli, the priest. And Samuel is serving the Lord and he's, he's ministering there in, in the tabernacle there in Shiloh. In verse 1 of chapter 3, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. Now we're not sure how old he is. Josephus, the famous Jewish historian, said that Samuel was 12 years old. But we don't know that the Bible doesn't tell us, but he is a young boy, but he's probably not three, and he's not 20, so 12 years old is probably about right. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. You remember this was the tail end of the time of the judges, where God was primarily speaking through the judges. The the word of God was was not completed in the sense of even the Old Testament. And the prophets had not come on the scene yet. That would be later as we get into the kings. And, and we see these different prophets and that God would speak through prophets. But in these days, there was no widespread revelation. And so to hear God's voice was rare. Now, in the days that we're living, it's unfortunate that we think God's voice is rare. And we... we tend to think there's no widespread revelation when in fact there is. Because God's word is the complete revelation of himself, at least how he wants to reveal himself to us. But unfortunately, because of our own laziness and because of church's desire to, to fill seats rather than, than to truly minister to people, the, the word of God is rare today. It is rare to hear God's word. It is rare to see people who are committed personally to reading and to studying and to hearing God speak to them through his word. It doesn't need to be that way. And if we would just simply 
tune into God, we would hear from him. But I think too often there, there's so many voices that are vying for our attention. I, I mean, we get up in the morning and, and it's just, we are bombarded with all of these things. I, I know it's, it's very easy for me to go throughout the entire day and never have silence. And even when there is silence, it's still, you know, you're reading something and, and you're, you're being entertained by something or, or there's something that is distracting you. And it's really hard and it's difficult, I know for me, having grown up in a, in a generation that's just used to noise. I, I don't like silence very much. And like when Andrea and the kids are gone, if I'm home by myself, I, I like to have even the TV on, even if I'm not watching it, just to have some kind of noise going on or the radio, or music, or something, because that's how my mind is conditioned. And even tonight, as I paused after worship, I did that on purpose, because it makes us uncomfortable, doesn't it? Just the silence. It's like we don't know what to do with that. Somebody is supposed to say something, but it's in those times that God wants to speak to us, and it's in this type of a situation that God speaks to Samuel. It came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. And so he's, he's falling asleep. That's what's being described here. And before the lamp of God went out of the tabernacle of the Lord. And so it's dark. It, it's, it's evening. It's, it's night. It's quiet. And while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and he said, Here I am, for you called me. And Eli said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Now one thing I notice about Samuel is that he is an obedient kid. I mean, he, he's a little confused. He doesn't quite know whose voice this is. But to his credit, instantly he runs to Eli and, and he's like, Hey, what's going on? What, what can I do? How can I help? Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And so here's Samuel ministering to the Lord, serving the Lord, and yet not really knowing the Lord yet. And it is possible to do that. It's very possible to, to be involved in ministry. It's very possible to be serving the Lord to be involved in the things of God, and yet not to know Him personally, to have a relationship with Him. And it's, it's a sad state of affairs. It's also very possible to be involved in ministry, to be serving the Lord, to be a person who, who people look to as, as a leader, to be a person who, who people want to emulate, and yet not to ever hear from God, to be confused as to whether this is the voice of God or not. And notice who God chooses to speak to. There's Eli the priest who has all the training, has the calling, has the pedigree, has the anointing, if you will. And yet God doesn't speak to Eli because Eli has hardened his heart to the point where he can't hear the voice of God anymore. And so God speaks to a child. And as followers of God, it's really, I think, wise of us to realize that God doesn't need our training or our education or our experience, and that God doesn't need to use somebody that we might deem an appropriate instrument, that God can use anything. He used a donkey. 
God uses a child here. And it's wise of us as followers of God to realize that and to begin to tune in to whatever means God might want to use to speak to us. Through your children, through an unbeliever, through somebody that you don't respect that much. See, I think it's, it's very easy for us to just listen to those that we respect and that we admire or that we think are the instruments by which God could speak and then to miss out on how God might want to speak to us. Here he chooses to use a child. And notice when God spoke to Samuel. It was while he was ministering to the Lord. Not necessarily for the Lord. And there's a difference. Ministry to the Lord is ministry of relationship. It's ministry that is devotional. It's ministry that's worshipful. Now Samuel didn't know the Lord, it tells us here, but he was ministering to the Lord. He desired to to just simply be with God and just simply... To, to know God, even though he didn't, even though he hadn't come to that place, maybe he was too young. But obviously he had a heart for God because he was ministering to the Lord. And there is a big difference between doing ministry for the Lord and doing ministry to the Lord. And I think it's very easy for us, especially in, in churches like this, that are doing a lot of things, doing a lot of ministry, a lot of outreach. And, and I put a lot of emphasis on service and using your gifts sometimes to the detriment of doing ministry to the Lord. It's the classic Mary and Martha, right? And Mary was a person that did ministry to the Lord, devotional, relational, just wanting to sit at Jesus' feet, where Martha was the doer. She was serving. She was ministering. She was doing practical things, and they're important. But if it's all about that and there's no ministry to the Lord then we miss out on hearing his voice. We miss out on that relationship. And I'll say this, that that effective, fruitful ministry for the Lord is a byproduct of ministry to the Lord. If you look at Acts chapter 13, if you go forward to the New Testament, Acts 13, real quickly, Paul and Barnabas are going to be sent out on their first missionary journey. And it says in verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord... And fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. And so they were ministering to the Lord, and then the Lord opened doors for them to do ministry for Him. And and I think if you're a person that wants to serve God, and you're a person that wants to do ministry for the Lord, that it starts with doing ministry to Him, sitting at His feet, Hearing his voice, being a person of his word, a person that loves to worship. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be. If he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called us at other times, as at other times. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And so now God begins to speak 
to Samuel and he begins to commission him as a prophet. This would be Samuel's first revelation from God, his first prophecy. And he would go on to be a great prophet of the Lord, the first of many after him. And God is speaking to him and telling him some some things that are going to be very hard for him to hear and even more difficult for him to repeat. But this is a prophecy that had already been given to Eli back in chapter 2. And you remember that God spoke to Eli directly and personally through a man of God about his household, about his sons who were living in sin, who were bringing shame to the name of God, who were taking advantage of their positions of ministry for their own gain financially and for their own lusts. And God had given Eli an opportunity to deal with it, and he didn't. And so now God is going to bring judgment. And he's going to bring this judgment, at least the revelation of this judgment, through Samuel. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows, because his sons made themselves vile, and he did not restrain them. And and parents, again, I think there is a judgment upon us for not disciplining our children properly. And I think there is responsibility that God places on us to discipline our children, to, to run our households. And when we're not doing that, there is, there's judgment. This idea that I just want to be my kid's friend, that's Eli's perspective. He didn't want to ruffle any feathers. He didn't want to make his sons mad. They were buddies. They liked to hang out. He, he prided himself, I'm sure, that you know, he had done such a good job with his boys that they loved being around him and they loved to hang out and they loved to bring their friends over and, and all the rest. And you know that, that can be good to a certain extent. But this idea that parents are called to be friends with their kids is, is not right. That's not our calling. Our calling is to disciple our children. And discipling our children involves discipline. And training them up in the ways of the Lord. And sometimes that means you're going to be the bad guy. That means you're going to be their enemy in the short run of things. But in the long run, they will respect you. But I can guarantee you that Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, had no respect for Eli. He was their buddy, but they had no respect. And so you, you choose, parents. Do you want to be the, the, the person that your kids want to hang out with? Or do you want their respect? It's really the bottom line. And do you, do you want to be a friend to your children in the short run of things or a person whom they can go to later in life and receive counsel from the Lord and, and, and to know that you're going to give them godly advice because they will come back later. They might not now, but later on they'll want that. And you'll have compromised your ability to speak into their lives later if at this point in time you're undermining everything that you believe because you want to be their friend. And so because Eli would not take care of business, would not do what God had called him to do, there's judgment coming upon his house. Therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. And this is a sad statement. In other words... Eli, don't bother offering sacrifice. Eli, don't bother trying to to get me to, to turn my hand of judgment away. You've hardened your heart to the point that there's no turning back my judgment upon you. There's no sacrifice for you. And you guys, we can 
even as believers, harden our heart to the voice of God and harden our heart to the voice of God to the point where we don't hear his voice anymore and to the point where we become completely worthless for his use and for his kingdom. And the New Testament seems to indicate that that people are given over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. And when God is speaking to you and you reject that time and time and time again, your heart becomes calloused. And I think it's a, it's a fearful thing. I think it's something that as, as people that, that go to church regularly, we need to ask God to keep us from. The ability to come to church, or in Eli's case, go to the temple, go to the tabernacle, offer sacrifice, hear the voice of God over and over and over again, and not care and leave unchanged. Don't even bother bringing sacrifice. So Samuel lay down until the morning. And you can imagine just what would be going on in in his little mind. Just thinking, I've got to deliver this message to Eli, who's been a father to me. He's raised me. And you know, it seems that, that for all the things Eli wasn't to Hophni and Phinehas, he was to Samuel. And it seems like that Samuel and Eli had a pretty good relationship. And so I'm sure this was not an easy message at all, especially for a young child. I'm sure he did not sleep the rest of the night. And in the morning, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. So he went about his business, what he was supposed to do, what what would be typical for him to do. And look what it says. And Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. I'm sure he's just saying, I'm not going to say this. Somebody else will say it, Lord. Somebody more qualified, somebody older, somebody that Eli will respect. I mean, Lord, couldn't you have chosen somebody else? Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He answered, here I am. And he said, what is the word that the Lord spoke to you? And so Eli had been thinking about it. He knew that the whole scene last night was God speaking to Samuel and Eli was smart enough to realize, you know what? It's probably a word for me. What's the, what's the word the, the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. God do so to you, and more also if you hide anything from me of all the things that he said to you. Then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And Eli said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. You know, sometimes the right thing to do, you guys, is the most difficult thing to do. And, and there's times where where I have to sit people down and say things to them that I don't really want to say. And it's difficult. And it's way easier not to do it. It's way, way easier to just put it aside, put it aside, and think that it will go away. And you know what? It won't go away. It won't take care of itself. It's also easy to think, well, God will use somebody else. God will speak to them through somebody else. No, God wants to use you, just like he used Samuel. And then it's easy to think, well, then I'll just kind of soft sell it. I'll just kind of, you know, give them pieces. But I I don't want to offend. I don't don't want to say anything that that might hurt their feelings. And so you just kind of dance around the issue. And you just kind of say a couple things. But you never really get to the heart of the matter. And you know what? You're not doing that person any good. I think this applies as parents to our children, saying tough things to them, and knowing that you are the instrument by which God wants to speak to them, I think it applies to your friends, to people in the church, to anyone that the Lord has spoken to you and said, look, you need to speak to this person and you need to, to tell them some difficult things. 
And the reason that we don't is because we're prideful. It's because we don't want to have to deal with the repercussions of losing a friend or having people talk bad about us. And believe me, it's not easy. It wasn't easy for Samuel. It says he was afraid. But you pray, you ask the Lord for boldness, and you say what needs to be said. I can't tell you how many times I've sat down with people and they start to tell me their story and they start to tell me what's going on and they start to complain or they you know, start to, to just sort of dump everything out, complain about their husband or complain about their wife or you know, maybe it isn't complaints. It's just sort of dumping out their situation and the Lord speaks to my heart and says, this is what you need to say. And I'm thinking, you know what, that's going to offend them. I just know it. And I'm just, the wheels are turning as they're talking. And I'm thinking, okay, this is going to get ugly. And, and I'll say something like, you know what? Let, let me tell you what your problem is. Here, here's the bottom line. And you just get right to the heart of the matter. And right there, when you do that, you can tell whether somebody really wants to change and really wants to hear from God or whether they just want to, to have you tell them what they want to hear. Right away, you'll know. But God hasn't called us, you guys, to to give people part of his message. God hasn't called us to just candy coat everything. And, and that's why when, when you look at, and I don't want to bag on any churches or, or any uh, teachers or preachers, but when you look at, at these uh, people and, and churches that nothing is ever said that is in any way, shape, or form offensive. Nothing is ever said that's challenging. Nothing is ever said that you wouldn't hear in, in any community group or mosque or synagogue. N- nothing is ever said that, that, is, that is all blatantly gospel-oriented. The Bible says the gospel is offensive, and people are going to be offended by it. And so as people that are called to keep people accountable and to give people the word, you're going to offend people sometimes. But Eli handles it well. He says, you know what? That's the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. He let none of his words fail. The Lord blessed his ministry. And I think it started with this act of obedience. Later on, as Samuel would deal with Saul, and and Saul is talking about the fact that even though he didn't obey God, and even though he didn't do exactly what God had said, that he was going to offer the animals, and he was going to be able to use this money for, for good. And Samuel said to him, Saul, the Lord's not interested in that. To obey is better than sacrifice. It's good that you wanted to bring these animals and, and offer them to the Lord. It's good that you wanted to take this money and give it to the Lord. But God had specifically and explicitly told you that everything had to die and don't take anything of the Amalekites. Nothing. But he, he created his own idea of what was right. And Samuel said to obey is better than sacrifice. And Samuel understood the importance of obedience. And it started... Right here, when he was given a message from God, and he delivered that message accurately and forthrightly, despite the fact that it was difficult to do. And and I believe that there's people probably in your life right now that God is calling you to challenge, that God is calling you to say things to. It's not just my job. It's not just something that I do. God also wants to speak to you. He wants for you to, to hear his voice. 
And are we tuning into it? Or are we really looking for him to speak in the, the really obvious ways? And we're missing out on his still small voice. In 1 Kings chapter 19, you're probably familiar with the story. You don't need to turn there. But God reveals himself to Elijah. Elijah had fled from Jezebel's threats, ran out into the wilderness. He was scared and fearful for his life. And it says that the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And so it wasn't in the strong wind, but you would have thought it was. I mean, this wind blew through and, and broke rocks to pieces. It wasn't in that, though. It wasn't in the earthquake. Oh, but the rumbling, the, the violence. I mean, certainly that's where God would speak. It wasn't in the fire. It wasn't in the things that, that Elijah would expect. It was in his still, small voice. And that's where God primarily speaks to us, is in his still, small voice, by reading his word and being a person who's disciplined to tune into the voice of God. But so often we're, we're wanting it in, in the clouds. We're wanting God to appear at the foot of our bed and wake us up in the middle of the night. But that isn't how the Lord chooses to speak to us primarily. And people have stories, and, and God bless them if they're true. But for me, Jesus has never appeared to me in the middle of the night. I've never had handwriting on the wall. I've never heard an audible voice. It's typically just the still, small voice of God speaking to me through his word. Not in the wind, not in an earthquake, not in fire, but just his still, small voice. And I believe that's how he will primarily speak to you. God has given us his word because he wants us to have a consistent revelation of himself. And it's very easy for us to want to find God and to hear from God from every other source besides his word. And we're cheating ourselves and we're missing out. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba, that is from the northern, northernmost point of Israel to the southernmost point of Israel, knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Do you notice how Samuel didn't have to go out and, and to demand authority? Do you notice how he didn't have to tell people, look, God has called me, I'm your leader, you better follow me. They just knew. And, and you know, that's a, it's a real telltale sign of a true leader, of a servant leader, is one that doesn't have to assert his authority. A, a person that, that doesn't have to tell you, I'm in charge, or I'm the boss, or I'm in control, or I'm God's man for the moment. God has set me up. You, know, you don't need to use that kind of terminology. You, you just are called by the Lord and people follow you. That's a leader. And most of the time, I've found that, that true leaders kind of turn around one day and realize there's a bunch of people following them and they didn't even realize it. And it's kind of like, okay, I guess I'm called. And if God is calling you to a position of leadership, if God is calling you to, to hire authority in the body of Christ in, into a position of spiritual authority and spiritual leadership, you don't have to assert that upon people. And that's what I love about 
the, the men in this church, the elders in our church that God has raised up, not one of them came to me and said, you know what, I think I'm an elder. You, you, I mean, what have you been overlooking here? What, what's taking you so long? You know, all of them have just been like, yeah, you know, when I've asked them, just like, okay, if that's, if that's what you think. And, and as they grow and as they begin to see the calling on their life, they realize, you know what, people are following me. People do look to me. But it's nothing that, that they had to assert. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. And so now God's word and, and God's revelation is going to become more prevalent through Samuel. And so you guys, I hope that tonight, that what we've gleaned out of God's word is, is really twofold. That we would be sensitive to God's voice. That we would tune in to hear God's voice, to hear the word of the Lord. And then when we hear it, that we would respond to it and obey it. And sometimes it's the most difficult thing that you'll ever do is to obey God's voice. It can be the the most challenging, the most gut-wrenching thing that you'll ever have to do. And and you can be like Samuel and be actually fearful of, of obeying God. But the outcome of obedience will always be a blessing. God will never bring about negative things in your life ultimately by by obedience to him they will always ultimately be for your good in the short run of things that there might be repercussions that you don't like that much but ultimately it will always be a blessing and as you obey the lord god begins to open up doors for you to do more and more for him like he did with samuel it started with with this small act of obedience take this message and give it to Eli. And he did it. And then God began to bless him in huge ways and use him in a powerful way. Let's be people that, that hear God's voice and then heed it and obey it, no matter how difficult it might be. You've been listening to Pastor Ryan Couch of Calvary Chapel, Crook County. For more information, you can write to us at P.O. Box 378, Prineville, Oregon 97754. Thanks for listening and God bless.